What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Season 2. Season 2 of the Christ and Church Podcast. Uh, season 1 was Episodes 1 through 10. This is Season 2. Decided to start Season 2 here with Episode 11. Uh, been taking a break. Took a break from making episodes for a while, as you've noticed. If you're continuing to listen to my other episodes, thank you so much. Took a, a little break here. Had some life things going on. Some ministry things going on. Uh, people's schedules are very busy as well, so it was kind of hard to, you know, get some people onto the show. Uh, it took a little while to go ahead and get things going again, but hey, here we are, starting episode 11. I would like to say season 2. Episodes 11 through 20 would be season 2. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. Um, I just want to go ahead and say thank you so much for everyone that's listened to my other episodes, have found this content to be helpful uh, for your Christian walk. Uh, thank you so much for all the support as well. Really appreciate it. For those who you don't know, I am currently off Instagram at the moment. I have not posted anything on the podcast channel. I uh, personally, um, if I'm being vulnerable with you guys, personally, Instagram just became a huge distraction. Social media in general became a huge distraction. Um, I needed to delete it just because I didn't want it to go ahead and take uh, my time. I didn't want it to take my mind. Uh, I'm not saying social media is terrible. I'm just saying for me personally, I needed a break. As of right now, I'm currently off Instagram still. I find it a lot more peaceful. I find a lot more freedom in terms of my mind. Uh, too much info is not good, I, I believe. So I'm um, deciding to stay off Instagram for a good while. So just FYI on that. Uh, but that being said, let's go ahead and get started. So um, episode 11 today, uh, it's going to go ahead and be talking about life as a Christian. Life as a Christian. That's the title of the episode. It's just going to be me today going ahead and going over some experiences, going over some some thoughts, some food for thought about Christian living or just being a Christian in general. So as of right now, I just want to go ahead and say uh, thanks so much again for listening and let's go ahead and get started. Um, so life as a Christian, um, how do you become a Christian? How does that start? Well, it starts by realizing that you are not perfect and you are in need of a Savior. You are broken. We are sinful by nature. Uh, we need a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus Christ. So when you come to that understanding, in a nutshell, you come to that understanding, you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and then you get baptized in His name for the remission of your sins, and then you go ahead and be blessed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, those if that's like ABC, right? But obviously, your journey, your process of becoming a Christian is not always just ABC. For me, I grew up, kind of talked about my past in a little bit, but I grew up Christian, but Jesus was never my personal Lord and Savior. He was my dad's Lord and Savior. It's like, I knew of Jesus, but I didn't know him. You know what I mean? It's like, Obviously, he knows us. He knew us before we were born. But I never had a personal relationship with Jesus, not until I got older, not until I personally made the decision to accept him as my Lord and Savior. And what that journey looks like for all of us is different. A lot of it has a lot of more battles than other people have more battles, right? Sometimes you grow up into it, right? You you grew up Christian and you just stay Christian. Great for some of us, for a lot of us, you know. It doesn't work that way. You come, sometimes you come to Jesus as your last ditch effort. I have heard stories where people come to Christianity because the world 
they have just been treated so badly by the world. And I'm talking about Christian people as well, where Christians have treated people so badly. And in a last-ditch effort, before they, even, before they take their own life, before they pull the trigger, before they hang themselves, before they jump off a bridge, they say, yeah, I've heard testimonies where people are just like, this was my last resort. Jesus was my last resort, and Jesus came through. Hallelujah. Jesus was my last attempt. Jesus was my last shout, my last cry for help, and Jesus came through. Thank God for that. Uh, so, yeah, how, how you come to, to Jesus, how you come to becoming a Christian um, is different, maybe different for everybody. So, obviously, you come to Jesus. Now, one of the things that most Christians or one of the things that most people don't realize is life as a Christian, you know, it's one of those things where, that the world deems it as as not great. It deems life as a Christian, it deems as people that are just very strict or people that are very hypocritical, right? Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is one of the hugest things that the world puts on uh, Christianity. Just a bunch of hypocrites telling you what you should and shouldn't do and they do it themselves, right? The world labels Christianity as some type of nutcases that believe in a higher power uh, that that want to go ahead and change you and force you to change and and alter your way of living and thinking and and you know just becoming a type of cult like method and all this stuff that I've heard the world has put on Christianity. When in reality, it's none of that stuff. In reality, Christianity is is more than just a set of rules that you have to follow. And if that's what you think Christianity is, then you've lost everything. You've lost the whole point. Uh, in a nutshell, Christianity is is understanding that Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. And through that relationship, you desire to be more like him. And you desire to be him, be with him more. And as that process happens, you desire to go ahead and not be the same as you used to be. Right? Going to parties, drinking alcohol, going out late, going to the clubs, smoking this, smoking that, doing this, doing that. Things that, that you were trying to get fulfillment from. And you end up realizing that stuff doesn't last, right? So life as a Christian is understanding that you ourselves, and as you read the Bible, we understand that we come into this world, right? It's just sinful. We are born sinful. That's how we are born. We are not born perfect. We are not born like Jesus was born. We are born into this sinful world, and we are born with a sinful, um, just culture and we're born into a sinful type of living because we are sinful without jesus there is no redemption right and so life as a christian you hear all these things and you're debating of whether you should be a christian or not and it's like well but it looks like they're having so much fun over there it looks like this is way better it looks like this religion's better now let me tell you something christianity is the only religion and you know it's it's technically a religion but again it, you need to be careful with that word as well because there are a lot of man-made rules that have jumped into christianity that cause people to like not become christian and we'll kind of get into that in just a moment but you know christianity is the only religion that that points to jesus and points to the one that overcame death like 
there was a funny post that I saw way back when I did have Instagram and it was like all these other religions and it was funny because all the people, all the gods in those religions are like, are dead or like not existing anymore. And Jesus, it was like a picture with all these other religions and there was like a grave site and all the other religions are just like done or dead. And, and then Jesus is tomb is like the rock is rolled back and it's like jesus is the only one that's alive it's pretty funny but um it's pretty funny but but yeah it's the only religion that that has a savior that's technically like that we have our faith in that that is alive that that conquered death it's the only religion that'll go ahead and say you don't need to perform you don't need to work harder you don't need to achieve this to be saved in reality, what Christianity is saying is you can't do it. You can't accomplish this on your own. You can't work for this. But I will send, God will send his only son, Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh, to die on the cross to pay for the sins that you could not pay. And by then have the grace, right? And have the redemption to enter heaven. You can't work for your salvation. Salvation is freely given by Jesus Christ for what he did on the cross. Now, as a Christian, we need to understand life as a Christian doesn't mean I go to church and I'm just, I'm a Christian. Because I go to a Christian church means I'm a Christian, right? And here's the thing. You need to be careful with that because there's a lot of people that go to church for, for a social gathering. There's a lot of people that go to church to hang out. There's a lot of people that go to church because they just don't want to be alone at home. There's a lot of people that go to church because they have ulterior motives to fulfill whatever they're trying to fulfill. But the main motive is not on point. And the main motive to go to church is to worship our Heavenly Father, is to worship Jesus Christ, and to learn more about Him, and to grow in Him, and to have fellowship with others that want to do the same. So just because people go to church doesn't mean they're a Christian, right? Understanding life as a Christian is first understanding that we are sinful and we are in our need of a, of a Lord and Savior, right? And the misconception with going to church is a lot of people have invited to church and they say, oh no, like I can't, I can't go to church. Like I'm going to, I'm going to burn up. I'm going to turn into flames. I'm going to, I'm going to this, I'm going to that. I'm going to, I've done too much wrong to go to church. I've done I've done this so much, I have messed up so much that I can't go to church. And I tell them great. Like great. Because church is not a place of perfect people. It's the opposite. I don't go to church because I'm perfect. I go to church because I know I'm not perfect. It's a hospital. Church the church should be a hospital. It is not for an elite type of people. It is not for an elite type of group. It's not for an, for an elitist status. It's none of that. And if the church has embodied that, then the church has failed. Because the church is a hospital. And understanding that as we live this life as a Christian is we need to be careful of the things that the world tries to impose on, on us as a Christian. And we need to not get swayed by those things, right? We need to find our identity in Christ by the Bible. We hold on to the Bible, and that's the faith that we have. As you become Christian, right? As you accept Lord as your as 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 you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, right? 
you start to understand that it needs to be less of you and more of him. Less of me and more of him. Less of me and more of him. Less of me worrying about my insecurities. Less of me worrying about this or that. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, A through Z. Less me worrying about stuff and me focusing and more of me focusing on him. The more you realize that you need God 100% every day, not if you feel like you're 95% good or 80% good some days or 60% good or 95%, 98%, 99%, then you failed. The goal is to realize that you need Jesus 100% every day. Because without him, we're done for. Now, as you understand that, and this is a process, right? As you start as you start becoming a Christian and as you are a Christian, that's a that's an ongoing process. It's a process of sanctification where you're more trying to be more like Jesus and less in your sinful ways. It's a process. It's a process. It's a process. And it's it's a great process. And I even wrote a book on it. For those of you who don't know, I am an author. I have two books. One of the, my first books was uh that I wrote is process the key to living in Christ. It's available on Amazon. Take uh, check it out. Process the key to living in Christ uh, by Carlos uh, Curiel, and um, and I, I go I go into deeper in that where your life as a Christian it ha- it has a start, it has a middle, and it has an end, and in the start, in the middle, and the end, there's one thing that doesn't change, and that's your process. Your process is a continual, and it doesn't end until the day you we all leave this earth. From the very beginning to the very end, there's a process that God has us in where we're trying to be more and more like Jesus. And that's the life of a Christian. The life of a Christian means I have decided to put my own selfish desires away, and I've decided to follow God and whatever He says goes. And that's a, that's a tough pill for a lot of people to swallow. Well, I can't do this. I can't do that. People look at Christianity as a set of rules and things you can't do. But isn't it funny that that's what caused sin in the first place? Isn't that funny that as Christians, sometimes ourselves, we look at what we can't do and we get upset? But everything else God has blessed us with, we, we forget about or we or we just not even focus on? We downplay it? Adam and Eve had the whole garden and they just couldn't eat from one tree. But they had the whole garden. Why do us as Christians in today's society, in today's world, why do a lot of us end up doing the same thing? We focused on what we can't do and we we decide to risk our faith and we decide to sometimes risk our our Christian beliefs and and forget about our values because we want to do something that we shouldn't do or that we can't do and we focus on what we can't do when God has blessed us with so much. Right? I'm going to let that marinate a little. Go ahead and think about that. But yeah, I mean, people are going to go ahead and put labels on Christians, right? The hypocrisy, they're hypocrites, that you can't do this. If you become a Christian, you can't do this, this, this. You can't You can't go here, you can't go there. And we're going to talk a little bit about that as well, where 
the cans, the do's and do nots, right? Can Christians do this? Can Christians do that? We'll kind of go ahead and get into that in a little bit. But I just want to go ahead and say is that as you acknowledge that you are sinful and you need a Lord and Savior, less of you and more of Him, there needs to be a trust. And trust, when you trust God, then you're going to obey God. And there's one of the most beautiful things that God loves the most is, is obedience. Obedience. Because obedience tells God a lot of things. Obedience tells God, when you're obedient to God, it tells, him, it tells God that you trust Him, that you honor Him, that you respect Him, and that you love Him. Right? That's what it shows to God. That's why obedience is so important. When we fail to obey God, it means that we don't trust Him. We don't respect Him. We don't think He's right. We think He's wrong. And we got to do it our own way. But life as a Christian is understanding that God's plan will always be better for your life than your plan for yourself. 100%. It doesn't make things easier to do. It doesn't mean that every time God tells you to do something, you're just going to just do it right away. Of course not. There are plenty of stories in the Bible where people had a hard time accepting what God was telling them to do. Think of Moses. God tells him to go back to Egypt and talk to Pharaoh, and Moses freaks out. Right? Think of Noah. He had to build a boat or build a huge ark in a place where there's very little rainfall and probably not a lot of boats. Right? Think of Abraham. He had to sacrifice his only son that he's been praying for for years. And God gives it to him and God says, I need you to give it back. It's like a lot of this stuff with trusting God is not going to always make sense. And most of the time, I'll be honest with you, it doesn't. But that's where faith comes in. God, I don't understand, but I trust you. And because I trust you, I'm going to obey you. And I hope with my obedience, God, you are pleased. You are glorified. You are worshipped. And through my obedience, if I happen to benefit on this life on earth in any way, great. And if I don't, so be it. That, that's the level of faith that God desires. When you get to the point in your Christian walk when you can say, God, I'm going to trust you even though I don't understand. It's hard for me, but I'm going to be obedient even though I don't get it. But if it's to worship you and glorify you, let it be done. I will do it for you. And even though I may not benefit from this personally, so be it. So be it. Because you are the one that needs to be glorified, not me. That, in a nutshell, is where God wants us to be at. But as humans, it is a very difficult place to be or to get to as a Christian. Because we have, we worry, we're humans, we have worries, we have fears, we have, um, you know, we have moments where we panic and we have insecurities and, and we just, it's hard to get us there. But here's the thing about life as a Christian is, and that's why I like to start with my first point, which was the less of me, more of him, is because when it comes to fears, worries, insecurities, we have those things is because we focus on ourselves. Insecurity 
is a focus of our faults in ourselves. We are focused on ourselves. We are focused on ourselves. Hence, because we are focused on ourselves, then we pick out what we pick out and we are insecure. But in order to not be insecure, you need to not focus on yourself. You need to focus on God. Because He is the one that is perfect. All, all insecurity is and fear is, is the worry of not being enough or not having enough or the worry of you not being enough. And to combat that, you need to focus on the one who is enough, and that's Jesus. That's why the less of me and more of him is so important as a life as a Christian. Is It's an ongoing process to develop that mindset. And in that process, the closer you get to it, the more you're able to go ahead and trust him, even when things don't make sense. And the more you're able to be obedient, even though you don't understand. And then we get into the point of what I mentioned kind of earlier is that the process of getting to those points means you're growing, right? We are in a continual path of active growing. Like, it, it, you're, you're never going to stop growing. There's always something for you to work on as a Christian, always. Now, getting into the whole world thing where the world sees us as hypocrites and the world wants to label us as this and this and just uh, old school people way of thinking and why do we need the Bible and the Bible, the Bible hurts my feelings and... The Bible don't the Bible don't care about your feelings. Doesn't. The Bible isn't a, a book that you can read and be like, uh, I feel like that's wrong. It, it's no 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 no. The Bible is set in stone. The Bible doesn't change. The Bible doesn't care about your feelings, doesn't care about your opinions. The Bible's the Bible. We have an unwavering sword against the enemy this bible the bible is a sword it, it's our weapon it's our weapon against the forces of of evil and it's unwavering this sword will never break this sword will never chip this sword will never go dull this sword is the sharpest thing you have as a christian in your life as a christian to combat the things of evil and dark forces it is your lightsaber it is the thing that protects you. It's the thing that helps you. It's the thing that guides you. It's, it's the ultimate thing. Because the Bible is, is God's living word. Right? And as Christians, we need to go ahead and understand that no matter what the world says, no matter how you may feel, no matter what the opinions of the world try to impose on you, and there will be, if you haven't had already, there will be, we always turn back to the Bible. Well, I, I, as a Christian, I think this, if I go as a Christian and start, think, start saying things like, I think this, like if I disregard the Bible and I don't check in on the Bible and I just start saying my feelings, you got to be careful with that, right? Because we need to have the Bible as a source of, of guidance, as a source of light, as a source of, of, of guidance for our path. So we will always be growing in our Christian walk. Now, getting into what I mentioned earlier, right? As Christians, there's a lot of people that are starting to be Christians or that want to be Christians or, you know, become Christians. And they want to bring worldly stuff with them. 
right? You can find a bunch of YouTube videos on, on churches and people like to make videos and all this stuff about this church and that pastor and this pastor and how they're, they're bringing worldly influences into the church. And, and those are entertaining to watch, to be honest with you, but you got to be careful with those too. You just got to be careful with those videos as well. And I'm not here to defend or attack any, any church or pastor, but um, I all I just want to say is when it comes to Christian living, life as a Christian, people like to talk about things you can't do. And I want to kind of just focus on that right now. Right? What are those things that people say you can't do? Well, people say that you can't drink. Now, here's a big one, right? Not drinking alcohol. And the easiest way I can explain that one to me personally, what I think, what I what I think after reading the Bible and how the Bible mentions about being drunk and that's not okay and having too much to drink and that's not okay. So obviously the Bible says stuff about being drunk and obviously that's not okay. But ultimately it comes down to does drinking help you get closer to God? Does drinking cause you to not learn, well, going back to the first thing, does drinking bring you closer to God? And the answer would probably be no, it probably doesn't bring you closer to God. Drinking alcohol is one of those things where people just want the green light, right? People come to church and be like, okay, is it okay okay if I still drink though? Is that fine? Is that okay? And a lot of people just want the green light, right? They just want to. They just want to hear a pastor say, "Yeah, it's okay to drink." And they, okay, cool, it's okay to drink. And they just go out and start drinking. Like they just want the green light. But you need to be careful. Should you know? There's a, there's a difference between can and should. Can you drink? Can you have a glass of wine with your steak dinner? Can you have a beer every once in a while? Can you? Sure, you can. Should you? Eh, probably not. You probably shouldn't. And why I say that is because when you start allowing those things into your life, those can be doors that the enemy can use. And here's the thing as well is that let's say you're strong and you're like, well, yeah, but I don't don't struggle with alcohol. Like I don't struggle with getting drunk. Like alcohol is not something like I'm going to go out out of my way to buy. But if it's there, I'll drink it, but I'm not going to go go buy it or I'm not going to go look for it. It's not the sin that I struggle with. It's not. And you, yeah, you may say that. But in reality is when you open a door, the devil can use anything. And it doesn't have to be alcohol, but the devil can use anything to try to cause you to stumble. And if it doesn't cause you to stumble, guess what? You possibly drinking alcohol can cause someone else to stumble. And and for a lot of you right now saying, well, that's not my problem. That's someone else's problem. If if I take a drink of alcohol and my friend who's never drinking before decides to drink an alcohol with me because he sees me drink one, then that's not terrible. And overall, on a surface level, probably not. It's not terrible. But what happens in that specific example I just gave you is that you have allowed someone, you kind of influenced someone to also drink, and who knows if that person can handle alcohol like you can, where it doesn't affect you, and you're not going to go buy for buy it, you're not going to go look for it. That's how you are, sure, but what about someone else? 
And again, if you're thinking, well, that, that's that person's problem. They need to get stronger. Well, I mean, technically, yeah, they, sure, they need to get stronger, but that's such a worldly way of thinking that I don't want to lean on that way of thinking. It's such a way of worldly thinking. Right, the Bible, the Bible mentions for us to not cause anyone else to stumble. That's why it's important to possibly not drink or to not drink because you never know what other people are going to go ahead and, oh, it's going to open the door for other people. See, and that's that's why Christianity is so hard. It's realizing that you may have to go ahead and not do certain things to help other people. Like, it's putting others first Especially if you're a pastor and a specific, specifically if you're in ministry and you're in leadership, a lot of that on the day-to-day basis is putting others first, not yourself. And that's why Christianity is so hard. And if you're saying, well, I'm not a leader and I'm not in ministry, and so it should be fine. Well, if we're, if we're trying to become more like Christ, just be mindful and be careful of what you're allowing into your life and what you're allowing other people to see and perceive you as. Just be careful because it's a door that opens up in your life and maybe that door's just an inch open, but for someone else that sees you drinking, it may be the green light that they think in their mind and then who knows what could happen. So wrapping that up is that's why I don't drink. I don't drink because I don't want to go ahead and give into it on a personal level, I don't. I honestly believe that drinking is not something I personally struggle with, but why open that door? And possibly why open that door for someone else? So do and to be honest with you, I used to drink, and it tastes like, bleh, like it's not even good. Like why? Why would you even drink? It's not even good. It's like uh, beers is beers not even tasting. Do have a soda? Like you rather you probably enjoy yourself more having a soda. But again, you always have to look at the intent of why you're doing what you're doing, right? For example, if if someone wants, if, if a young lady wants to post a bikini pic, a picture of them in a bikini and they're at the beach, right? And again, this is, this is going to be highly debatable. I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of you are thinking like, whoa, like, where's he going with this? Just, just listen to me. Just hear me out. Oh, the intention of the picture matters. With the picture that you're taking, whether you're a guy or girl, what if it's a guy that's buff and has six-pack abs and he wants to take a picture too? Why are you taking the picture? Are you enjoying yourself and you're taking a family photo? Okay. Cool. Sure. Nice. Go for it. Are you taking the photo because you're positive about your, your body image and you just feel good about yourself and you want to take the photo? Okay. I can see. You know, you've been maybe you've lost a lot of weight and you just you feel great and you want to take a photo of yourself. Okay, I get it. Cool. Now, the intent, right? Always looking at the intent. Are you taking the photo because you're trying to get guys' attention? Are you trying to go ahead and get people to comment on your picture that are guys? And are you taking a bikini photo or are you taking a shirtless photo of a guy? Or of the, if you're a guy and you're taking a shirtless photo with a six pack, are you just trying to get girls to like talk to you and? Okay, that's see you see the distinctions. It's like the the intent, right? It's uh, the Bible talks about the fruit, 
the fruit of the fruit of the tree, right? No bad tree bears good fruit. No good tree bears bad fruit. Your intention will always matter. And it's the thing that God sees right away. God looks at the heart of man. He looks at the heart first, not the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. So be mindful of that as well. Be careful. If you post a, a family photo of you and, and you guys are at the beach and you, and you post a family photo and, and you're in a bikini or your shirt's off and you have a six-pack and someone, you know, lusts or has a thought of lust because of that photo, I would honestly say that that's, it's not your fault. It's the person that lusted that needs help or needs some type of guidance, right? But again, the, the opposite is true as well. If you post that photo because you're trying to get guys to like you or girls to like you and you're trying to be sexy and this and that, and people lust, it's like, okay, you're causing your, your neighbor to stumble. You yourself are, are looking for validation in a wrong place, first of all, but then you're causing your neighbor to stumble. So again, being being intentional really matters about that stuff. So be careful with that as well. Now, talking about holidays, and here's another popular topic that a lot of people life as a Christian is like, am I, okay, so we talked about the drinking thing, you know, and now as a Christian, should I celebrate certain holidays like Halloween? Halloween's a big one. Should I celebrate Halloween? Is that, the, is that for the devil? Growing up, me personally, I was not allowed to celebrate Halloween because plain and simple, black and white, it's for the devil. It's a devil holiday. Now, I always ask myself, what's wrong with people dressing up, going door to door, and just asking for candy. Like, in general, is that terrible? Like, in general, is that something that's like really, really bad? And in my mind, I'm like, no, not really. I mean, but then I started thinking about it and I started reading my Bible more and talking to certain pastors. And I was like, it goes back to the intention thing. Right? It goes back to the intention thing. Can Halloween be a day, a holiday, where you glorify God and you help share the gospel? In Hold on. In a loving and non-forceful way? What do I mean by that? Well, what about when you give out candies? In, instead of being a Christian that shuts their lights off, closes the door, locks their gates, and says, you're going to hell. How about being the Christian that turns on the lights, opens the gates, is sitting outside and has candies with a loving Bible scripture? Just a loving Bible scripture. Maybe it says John 3.16. On every candy you give out, John 3.16 is on the candy. And one person, a parent, a kid, a teenager, reads... John 3.16 for the very first time. And and God meets them where they are. And God penetrates their soul and mind. Now, you may be saying, Carlos, that is too good to be true. That would never happen. How do you know? What if we take Halloween and we make it a day to glorify God? Why do we... That's the thing as Christians as well, is that we... we 
we like to separate ourselves instead of fighting or instead of standing up for Jesus in certain areas, we like to just let the enemy take over. And that's another thing as a life as a Christian is we need to be able to go ahead and fight and we need to be able to stand up for Jesus in areas where instead of just handing it over to the devil, we need to be able to stand and fight in those areas. And my, when I mean by stand up and fight, I don't mean physically fight or I don't mean argue, argumentative fight. I, I'm not saying fight like that. I'm saying sharing the gospel in a loving, peaceful way where you're not shoving it down anyone's throat. Right. And helping people. Is it terrible for to dress up as, as, as someone or to dress up in a costume? I, I I would argue with that as well, and I would say my stance on that would be just for just for me personally, right? I'm just saying me personally is the intent, right? What's the intent, right? And not not only what's the intent, but what are what are the things that are okay and not okay to dress up as, right? If I happen to have a son one day and he wants to dress up as a police officer. Just a police officer because he admires the people that help keep our community safe. He admires police officers and he admires what they do for a living. And he wants to be one one day. Him dripping, him dressing up as a police officer. I don't think that's bad. Now, would I allow my kid to dress up as a demon or to dress up as Chucky or a killer clown or anything like that? I would not. That's where I draw the line. Because if 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 you are putting on an identity, and here's the dangerous, right? And here's the thing that most Christians are talking about or why they why they don't like Halloween is that a lot of people dress up as things they shouldn't or very demonic. And the argument is is that you are putting on an identity that's not Christ. Because when you put on a costume that like that the thing that happens in your mind is that you're dressing up as a demon. And so the thing in your mind is in that, that can influence your mind is that you need to act demonic because you are representing or you are putting on a certain identity. And so because you're putting on that identity, you need to act a certain way. You need to act that way as demonic. So when it comes to Halloween, I grew up very old school and you could not celebrate. But what I would argue is, can we use Halloween to celebrate and to go ahead and give God glory on those days in certain ways? And I say, of course we can. And we should be able to. We should not just go ahead and give that day or any other day to the enemy free willingly. And again, it doesn't mean we are forceful. It doesn't mean that we shove anything down anyone's throat. But it does mean that we are able to go ahead and be a light. Be a light in darkness. Right? Salt of the earth, light on top of a hill. So that's the, that's where I'm going there with that, with the whole Halloween thing. There are a lot of topics we can get into. Life as a Christian, you know, the battles that we face, the the things that happen when we lose faith. When we lose faith, what do I do? Where do I go? Faith is lost when we forget who God is and what Jesus can do. Faith is lost when we put ourselves as personal Lord and Savior and we put Jesus a step down. 
I think faith is lost when life happens, bad things happen, and we want someone to blame or we just feel like life's not going to get better. Our feelings, our insecurities, our worries, our fear take over. And Christ has lost his place on the throne of our hearts. Again, a lot easier said than done. But it's the truth. So, life as a Christian, again, starts off with realizing that you're not perfect. You need a personal Lord and Savior. Less of me, more of Him. As that happens, then with that mindset, you start to trust God. Even though it doesn't make sense, you're going to trust God. And because you trust God, you're going to obey God. And even if it doesn't benefit you in any way, that's the true, that's the true essence of Christianity. Is God, let your will be done. And even if it doesn't benefit me in any way, give me a pay raise, gives me a better job, gives me a fancier car, gives me a better house, gives me this, 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 so be it. Let your will be done. Let you be glorified, not me. So trusting and being obedient. And number three, always growing. Always be willing to grow. Always be willing to learn. Always never stay stagnant as a Christian. There are a bunch of Christian leadership books you can read. There's the, the Bible that you can read time and time again and it never gets old. There are podcasts you can listen to, just like this one. There are other things you can go ahead and get knowledge from. You can continue to grow. You can continue to serve. You can continue to adapt. You can continue to push yourself. Let us not grow stagnant. Let us not grow weary. Let us not lose faith. Let us not... Let the enemy overcome us because we're lazy. Keep growing. Keep advancing. Keep pushing through. All right, guys. That's all I have for this episode here, Life as a Christian. We talked about certain topics today, kind of random. I, I know we kind of got into certain things, but I just wanted to go ahead and share what's been on my heart. Um, we're going to go ahead and kick off another episode soon. So I hope you really enjoy this episode. Uh, go ahead and share it. Go ahead and see if anyone can go ahead and, you know, learn from it. If you know anyone that can be blessed from it, go ahead and share it as well. Thank you so much again for everything, guys, for listening and for going and supporting the channel, uh, supporting my podcast. Again, I'm currently off Instagram. So, um, if there's anything, any questions or anything, you can go ahead and, uh, reach out to me. If you go to Lighthouse Church, great. If you don't, Go ahead and reach out to me. Uh, you can send me an email. My email is my last name, uh, C-U-R-I-E-L-945 at hotmail.com. Again, that's my last name, Guriel945 at hotmail.com. So send me an email if you have any questions or if you want to go ahead and debate me or you want to go ahead and get argumentative. That's fine too. So I hope you guys have a great day. Stay blessed. Take care. And uh, stay strong.